0: Welcome to Ditch the Classroom. This is your host, Ariana Vernier, and I'm so excited that you're here. I'm a teacher turned business coach who is so passionate about helping fellow mamas like you ditch the classroom and pursue your big, hairy, scary dreams. Imagine a life where you could still impact the world, but do so while following your passions and spending more time with your babies. In Ditch the Classroom, we'll explore ways you can do just that. Myself, guest experts, and amazing teachers who have also built a successful business will share tools, tips, and resources to help you ditch the classroom too. Are you ready? Here we go. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Digital Classroom podcast. Super excited. We have a special guest today. I brought on Allison Springer. She is a former art teacher turned social media manager, and I'm so excited to break down her story today and and have her share with y'all. So welcome Allison. Thank you.
1: Hi. Nice to see everybody.
0: Yeah. Everybody. <laughs> so, can we just kind of start out with you sharing a little bit about your teaching journey and what brought you into teaching? Of course. So I was a
1: junior high art teacher. I taught seventh through ninth grade art for five years. And I loved art from the time that I was a little girl, but I never really quite knew what I wanted to do. Um, I also loved school and I did a lot of um, advanced art in high school. And so it kind of was a natural progression. People were like, oh, well, you should be a teacher. And so I went to school, I got my teaching degree, but then I was like, oh, maybe I want to be a graphic designer. Or maybe you want to do medical illustration. And I had all of these different ideas, but I got a graphic design degree and a teaching degree. But when I did my internship, I really felt energized by teaching and I loved it. Um, so that's what I went into. And, you know, throughout the process, I taught high school, I taught junior high, and I switched schools a couple of times. And to be honest, like being on this podcast, I always think it's really important to tell people like, I really did like my job most of the time, like I, I liked my job. And I think that there's this misconception that if anybody leaves teaching that they have to hate their job and want right. to leave it, which sometimes is true, but a lot of the times it isn't. I really enjoyed teaching and I just, I loved my students
0: yeah I think when you're a teacher, I think most often we don't want to leave. It's just you know some of the the extra things that are put on us that force us out. But yeah, so many of us still love teaching and i I also love that you started like you went into graphic design and got your teaching degree. I did the same thing. I started going to school for graphic design, so that's really cool. We have that in common. yeah. Cool. So can you tell us a little bit about what led you to want to ditch the classroom?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it was twofold, really. So I started um, building. I really, really struggled when I first became a teacher with prioritizing myself. And so I started my Instagram at Almeets World. And I started talking about teachers prioritizing their health, teacher burnout, um, because I had undergone a health journey and lost 20 plus counts. And I grew that platform fairly large. And through that process, I learned a lot about social media and marketing and all of the things, which is what led me to what I'm currently doing. But another thing was I, I really struggle with my own health. I have really bad gut issues. I have an autoimmune disorder. And in the past year, like you know, during the, the past like probably year and a half to two years, I started going to therapy. I got diagnosed with some things. My doctors were telling me that I really, really needed to reduce my stress. And I just looked around at my life and I I wasn't really. I was ill, but I also wasn't really enjoying it. Like I was getting off work and I was working more on my side hustle, which like half the teachers in the world have a side hustle. Right. And I was just working all the time. And even though I liked the work I was doing, like I wasn't prioritizing my relationships and the life I wanted to live And Honestly, COVID was the, the thing that pushed my button enough to like make a change in that because I realized like what is actually important. But then also I got the opportunity to work from home, which I loved. And I also um, kind of went through the full teaching year, teaching online and in person simultaneously. And, and with that, you know, the, the teaching career just got harder and more stressful. And, and so there was a combination of things. I had been thinking about it for a while, but I'm just a multi-passionate human being. And so it was always a possibility. But those things kind of created the perfect storm that really, like, led me to that ditch the classroom, like, mode.
0: Yeah, I think there's been a, quite a few interviews I've done where COVID really was like the push and having so many of us realize, you know, what's really important in life. And is this is all this stress <laughs> from teaching really worth going to be worth it in the end? So, yeah, I totally agree with you 100 percent.
1: Yeah, I just think like at the end of life, like I just didn't want to look back and think like, wow, I worked a ton, you know, like and yeah. And not really like there were times in which like I just didn't see people like, you know, August, September, May, April, like those certain times. And even though you have summers off, it's like I don't want to wait for three months of my year to like feel relief and to feel not stressed.
0: Agreed. So can you share a little bit about your journey from deciding, okay it's time to pivot out of teaching to where you are now?
1: Honestly, it's probably been one of the hardest decisions I've ever made um, because I knew I wanted to leave and I started interviewing for jobs and I got really far in the job interview process at what I would have considered my dream job. It was a a social media position at an art museum and I was an art teacher and I just thought like, wow, this is it. I was applying and interviewing for some other positions as well. I wanted to move also. And so there were all these things, but I got like Months into that interview process and I didn't get the job, they chose somebody else. But yeah. I was going to move for it. And I was like, you know, I had been thinking about virtual assisting. I had already purchased a virtual assisting course before I had gotten into this interview process. So I was already doing all the things to start. And I just decided, like, if I could just make like 75% of what I'm making as a teacher, like doing this, like I think I can do it. I think maybe I can do that. And Honestly, it just exploded a little bit. And I I switched from being a virtual assistant to a social media manager about a month in. And I matched my teaching income the first month. And everything just kind of felt super
0: aligned, which was it's super. It's just crazy that it's been like four months. That is. That's amazing. Four months is a short amount of time to replace your income. So that's awesome. Yes, it is. (laughs) So what would you say was kind of the biggest thing you had to overcome in that journey to where you are now?
1: I think a lot of it is the mindset and the identity, you know. I I struggled because I had a public platform for teachers a little bit and so that was a little bit of a struggle for me because if any like if any teacher talk or teacher Instagram person is listening, you know that teachers get like a ton of hate. In general. And then like I got all this like mean commenting and stuff before I left teaching. And then I got all this mean commenting and stuff after I left teaching because I was really public about my decision because I felt like so many people ruminate over this and think about it and wonder and, and are terrified. And so I just wanted to be like, hey, this is why I quit. And this is like the experience I'm having. And I got some hatred for that, but like a lot of it really wasn't that like, that didn't bother me so much because I had so much more support than I had negative commentary. It was really like the identity shift, like the identity of like teaching is such a big part of your identity. And that's why I think it's so hard for teachers to find jobs outside of the education field is because like that was part of their identity. They never pictured themselves doing something else. And so their confidence moving into something different is very much like, oh, I'm just a teacher, which is insane because teachers are some of the most adaptable human beings I know. And like time management. And now like I manage seven social media accounts instead of seven classes, but like my teaching experience led me to be able to do the current job that I'm doing so much better. And, And, but I think that that mindset shift and also the teacher guilt of like, oh, I'm leaving my students. Oh, I'm leaving my school. Oh, I'm abandoning this community because teaching whether it's online or in the person space, it really is this whole like community of teachers. And so I think a lot of it was just realizing that like I'm me outside of teaching and and really just consistently reinforcing the fact that like I do have value outside of that career. And I can also still be involved with that community and make a difference in the educational space, whether or not I'm in the classroom.
0: Amen. I think I I love that you spoke to your struggles with your identity switching out of teaching because so many of my listeners struggle with this. I struggled with this and that's why I have lots of episodes talking about this. You know, teachers, we have so, so many freaking skills. And like you said, we are so adaptable and we can learn new things on the fly. If you get a new student that needs something you've never done before, you're going to learn for them. And that's you can really bring that into virtual assistance and freelancing. So I really love that you spoke to that too, that we teachers should have the confidence that they can do this because they are so adaptable and already do so much in their jobs. Like you can pull that into other areas.
1: Yeah, and like one of my dreams, like long-term is to be able to train other people to do what I do, but I want to do it for teachers. Like I want to, because honestly, I just view... Because now I work with so many different types of businesses and professionals and all of that, and i I see that not everybody is as resourceful, adaptable, time management, like meeting deadlines, do what it takes. Like I just see so much in teachers and who they are and what they can do. and I just feel like they're some of the most intelligent, hardest workers ever, especially if it's something they really care about. And so for that, like I just i I just I wish the teachers knew like how valuable like their skill set really is, even if it might not look like it whenever you start to look for jobs. You know what I
0: mean? Yeah, that's exactly why I created my program, helping people get into the freelance and virtual assistant space, specifically focusing on teachers, because I'm like, y'all can be amazing at this. You just have to have the confidence to do it. Yes. Yeah. So can you share with us a little bit some resources that really helped you take the leap out of teaching? So a few different things, like I am really
1: big on courses. I kind of geek out on them. And in the link in in my bio on my um, Instagram, my former teacher Instagram, I have like some courses for burnout teachers that I took. Um, One of them that was super transformative for me was I took a um, virtual assistant prep course by Aubrey Malik. And that was really helpful for me because it just helped me like lay the groundwork for my virtual assistant business um and that was great but then I also saw like other creators like Angela Watson and like the teacher career coach just different people talking about like teacher boundaries and how to get out of teaching and the fact that it's okay that we do and that's also why I wanted to create a public platform for that because I just I I got so much value from those people's free content um but I also took some of their courses as well but the the prep course was really essential like I'm just really big and whatever you want to do like I became a virtual assistant and now I'm doing some social media management. So I do a lot of training and a lot of coursework on that because I just think, yes, you can learn everything on your own for free online, but it's, I want to do, do it quickly. And so that's a resource that really helped me. Other things were really just diving into like personal development and cultivating my mindset and, and confidence. And then like, I was really struggling with my money mindset when I first started freelancing. So I did a lot of work on money. I was really struggling with like, My confidence, um, and like even just like the kind of the trauma of like leaving teaching and changing my entire life really a ton of anxiety around that time in May. And so I went to therapy. And so, like, a lot of that um, was super helpful. And then also, like, whenever I started doing what I was doing now, like, I dedicated a massive amount of time every single day. Like I time blocked time every day when I was still teaching to start learning how to be a virtual assistant um, the last two months and to be on calls with clients and prospective clients. And then I, when now like, even though I'm doing client work and I'm and I'm helping other people with their businesses and we can talk about that in a minute, but I dedicate two hours a day for myself to work on my own business. And so I think having that dedicated amount of time to work towards whatever goal, um, you're working towards, whether it's like owning an Etsy shop or like starting a side hustle or virtual assisting or freelancing or whatever that is, um, you have to have that time daily that you're dedicating, or else you're not going to move forward in, in the in the way that you want to.
0: Yeah, I love that so much. I think a lot of times once you get a full, a full client load, it can be tempting to just solely focus on them, but you want to be continuing to expand your business and hit those next goals. So I think yeah, setting aside time to just focus on your business and not specifically your clients is so 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 crucial.
1: Yes, for sure. And um, I joined a you know I'm, I'm a part of a mastermind, and we do like co working hours every morning. And and a lot of what's been really helpful for me in the freelancing space is just surrounding myself with other people that are freelancers and that are entrepreneurs because. I was charging too little. I was feeling like, oh, my gosh, is this an actual job? Because I live in Arkansas, and freelancing and and not having a traditional job is not super typical in my area. Like, Nobody even knows what it is I do, and and it's really bizarre. Like, It feels very unstable to people what I do, even though it isn't. Um, And so a lot of these mindset things started just coming up for me, which I think it does for a lot of people that are entrepreneurial. Which I just totally butchered that word. But <laughs> um, yeah, like I, I think that surrounding yourself with positive people that are where you want to be, um, or at least where you are, and kind of in that with you is really important.
0: Yeah, 100% agree. Mm-hmm. So we mentioned, I mentioned at the beginning of this, and we've kind of mentioned throughout that you're a social media manager, and some of my listeners might not really know what a social media manager is or does. Can you share a little bit about what what you do for your clients on the regular on a regular basis?
1: Yes, I can. So social media management in itself can encapsulate a whole lot of different things. And so it can be somebody that posts on posts people's posts that are already created. It can be somebody that writes captions and posts. It can be somebody that runs ads or that just writes the words, which is called copy. So there's lots of different tasks within that, but it can also even include things like email management or blogs or Pinterest. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of different niches of social media management, just like there are for virtual assisting, right? Um, but for so what I do for my clients and, and what I specialize in is helping them Primarily with um, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, um, and then like my specialty is short form video content. So like Reels and TikTok. So what I do, and and it's interesting because I, I kind of have this random roster of clients that are... Things that I love and people that I love. So, I have a client that's a life coach, one that's a health coach, one that's a um, former art teacher and a life coach, one that is an educational blogger, um, one that's an artist. And so, a lot of my clients um, have interests that are directly aligned with mine. Um, I just had a client that is a fitness coach for teachers, like she's a personal <laughs> trainer for teachers. And so, I, I really seek out clients where I feel really like I'm making a difference with their content. Um, but what I do for them is help them schedule, like basically help them strategize, plan their posts, write write the captions for their posts and post them, plan reels, all of it. Like everything for social media, that's what I do. And so some people, I do emails for them, but primarily I help them with Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, um, and help people grow their businesses that way. So I was always super into social media, but it was kind of just a place for me to build a community and and kind of get sales whenever I was in that. But really I've learned so, so, so much about marketing and how you can use social media to, yeah, not only build a community, but also like really explode your business. So it's super, it's so fun. Like it's super fun.
0: Yeah. And so many businesses need it. And I love that you spoke to you know, working with clients that you adore and that you really love the mission behind their business. Because I actually just recorded an episode on some of the mistakes I made as a new virtual assistant. And one of them was just working, being willing to work with anybody and everybody. And sometimes that's not a good idea because if it's someone who you don't truly believe in, like, yeah, you might be grateful for the income, but you're going to get pretty burnt out on the work fairly quickly. And you're going to run out of ideas because you're not passionate about what they're doing. So I love that you mentioned that.
1: Yeah, my motto, whenever I actually get on discovery calls with clients, one thing that I actually really love about my job now is that as a teacher, I felt like I had to hide a huge part of who I was like, I couldn't ever cuss or dress how I wanted or I couldn't wear my nose ring. I had to cover my tattoos. Like I used to have purple hair. I had to dye it back brown. Like, I mean, there were all these parts of myself that I had to hide. And now like I get on calls with clients and I'm like, stop doing issue hate. And I'm exactly who I am on social media. I'm exactly who I am on discovery calls. I'm exactly who I am for my clients. And that's why they are attracted to me. It's not something that they want to cover up and hide. And so I love that. But I also feel like, you know, I had a client that I just didn't like. And I hated the work because I just did not like her. And I didn't I didn't feel connected to her mission. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to market something that I didn't believe in. But also, um, you know, and then now, like for, like three to four months in, I, I get to turn down people that I just like, if I get on a discovery call, which is basically a call where you get to know your client and our prospective client and see if it's a good fit. It's not like you're going to interview for a teaching position where you're like, oh my gosh, I really hope this person hires me. You really are interviewing this person to see if, you are a good fit for each other. And you are the expert. And and really, that's how it should be in every job. Like Teachers are the experts. They should be treated as such, but we're treated as employees and as secondary decision makers and and just as the sheep of that process. And and that's the big shift that I've seen in in the space that I'm in now is that whether I'm 30 to 40 years younger than the person I'm working for, they see me as the expert and they listen to what I say and they know that it's going to help them. And I should have had that as a teacher and I should have had people saying that I did a great job and I should have had the compensation that was equal to my experience. And so should all teachers. And that's like part of, I get killed like it. It's exciting that I'm doing all this for myself, but it really just illuminates all the things that I'm just like, wow, that really sucks. Like it really (laughs) just sucks for teachers because I just, I have a lot of imposter syndrome that I should be earning the amount of money that I'm currently earning because I'm like, I was just as qualified in that field, even more qualified than I am in this one.
0: Mic drop. A, a, B, yeah, I, a I, can't, I can't even add to that because oh, I one thousand I one thousand percent agree with you. I don't even yeah, I'm out of words. I don't have anything to add to that. <laughs> I guess so
1: fired up about it because I there's just all these things that like I knew and that I that I complained about as teachers, you know, we kind of complain about the income and, and all of that, but it's just like I start to see like all of these little things that add up to how the system is like Mm -hmm. (laughs) created. Um, You know, it's created on like unpaid overtime and it's, I I feel like it, it devalues its employees because it's primarily a female field. Like I just have all of these like aha moments now. And I'm just like, whoa, (laughs) that I just
0: didn't even have. And it's crazy that it was like
1: three to four months ago. Like, that's just,
0: it's so bizarre. Yeah. So can you walk us through a little bit about just what your average day looks like now that you're, as a social media manager, I know it might vary day to day, but can you kind of just give us a general overview so my listeners can kind of see what it's like being a social media manager?
1: Yeah. So it completely varies from day to day. And part of this field and any freelancing field is you have to be so super intentional with your time or else it will just fly out the window. So I time block every single day and I look at, you know, what is the priority? What do I need to focus on first? Because I have five different clients. So you you think, um, and I'm about to sign a sixth and a seventh. So you think like I had eight classes. Now I have like, seven to eight clients. And so how am I going to balance all of those in a five-day work week? Well, it really takes intentional scheduling of my time. And so I do a lot of batching, which is like doing a large task, like in, in, in doing something that I'm having to do frequently every day, then I'll do it like in one day. So I might plan somebody's whole week of social media in one day. And so often each day of the week, I'm working on like one or maybe two clients' work, Um, I don't work on all of them every single day because it's just not sustainable that way. And then you're not getting that much done. But my day kind of looks like I wake up every single morning, I go to hot yoga, I come back home, I get ready. And then my mastermind has a two-hour co-working call where we just get on Zoom and we meet our line and we just work together on our business before we dive into our client work. I do client work um, until like about 1130. I take an hour lunch with my husband, which is just like, Come on, take an hour lunch with my husband and, um, which is not 30 minutes. That makes me so happy. And then I actually work um, after that until five, if I have to, um, the last hour of my day from four to five, I spend time updating my own social media and working on my own business again. And so I work on my own business for about three hours a day. And then at night, I just do whatever the heck I want. Usually I go to the gym right after work so that I, um, like, you know, can kind of have that cut off time. I often will go on a walk sometimes throughout the day, like I'll go on a couple different walks to make sure I'm getting up and standing. And so I just love, and that's like the third routine that I've been in actually, since I started, like I changed all the time to figure out, you know, what's kind of working in the season or with the client load that I have. But that is, that was like my dream. Like a year ago, I wrote down in my notebook that I was like, I, I was doing this like journaling exercise during COVID where, you know, I attended a masterclass and they were all like, let's you know dream about our lives or whatever and so I was dreaming about like what if I could just go on a walk in the middle of the day or what if I could like have like what if I could just like hang out with my (laughs) corgi or what if I could just like like for example my grandmother's having knee surgery in a few weeks and I'm flying to Illinois to stay with her um during her recovery because she needs somebody to stay with her and I work from home and so um, in a few weeks I'm traveling. And so like, I work it around however my life is, but I've traveled, like I went to Vegas for a week. Like I do a lot of that and I just, work, I work my work day around it. So, I mean, <laughs> your schedule is whatever you want it to be, but you have to, you have to have to, have to prioritize like time blocking it out because if you're a procrastinator. It could be, <laughs> could get a little bit messy if you have like things that you have to do for a client and you're waiting until the last day for multiple people. But I started with, I started with five clients in month one, and I've kind of restructured and dropped some clients that weren't really aligned and and got new ones. And now I love them all. And that's kind of where I'm at.
0: That's (laughs) perfect. (laughs) That's perfect. I love your day. And I love letting my listeners take a peek into what it's like to be these different roles because you know teaching's so structured and with freelancing virtual assistant social media management you really get to set the tone for how your day is and you get to make those things priority you get to design your business around your life rather than your life having to be around your job and so i love that so much about this world that we're in
1: yeah and i mean like the week that i traveled um like for the whole week, I busted it like the week before and I worked a little bit more. So that way I could work like maybe a couple hours a day when I was on vacation. Um, And to me, like people are like, well, you don't get your, your summers off. And I'm like, okay, but like, I can travel anytime I want. If I can just work a few hours a day when I'm, I can, I can work before I can work after. I can just work a few hours a day when I'm traveling. I'm a business manager for one of my clients as well. And so I don't just do social media management. And so that is a lot more responsibility, but I know, and it's in my contracts. You can set boundaries in your contracts. It's in my contracts that given two weeks notice, I can take an entire week off if I want to, provided that they still get the things that they need for their business to run, which I would definitely do. It says that I work from nine to five and then I might work afterwards, but I am not required to respond anytime. I don't necessarily, I don't work on weekends ever, ever. Um, I, I make that a rule for myself, unless it's on my own business and unless it's something I'm excited to do and that I want to do, but I do not do any client work on weekends. And so, I mean, those boundaries are things that you can completely disregard as a freelancer and you can really, and this is one thing that I want everybody to know is like, you can take the same stresses of teaching and just transfer them to whatever new career you're in. And so you have to be really careful with like, with setting up your boundaries and setting up your time, especially if you go into freelancing, because you can, just like you do with teaching with working all the time and not getting compensated for it, you could do the exact same thing with freelancing. So that is like one cautionary thing. Cause I, I did struggle with that in the beginning being like, wow, I'm working all the time. So I need to like scale back and remember, like, why did I do this in the first place? So those are some things that I had to definitely realize. And it's just a, it's kind of a, it's a transitional period
0: to, to kind of change your life in that way. Yeah, I agree. So I want to ask you now a question that I ask on every episode. And it's one that I love so much If someone wanted to start their ditch to classroom journey, but they just felt too overwhelmed, what would you tell them?
1: I would say, like, focus on, like, the goal and then reverse engineer it. Focus on the next few steps that it takes. Because, really, me, like, doubling my teaching income, this month I have doubled my teaching income. And that happening was not me looking three, four months ago and saying, I'm going to double my teaching income. It was like, man, I hope I can make enough money to survive. I mean, and so it really has been like, what are the next three steps? And for me, every single day I write down, I call them my priorities. I write down three, three things that are going to move me forward in my business. And if I got those three things done, my day was incredible. It was great. They don't have anything to do with client work. They all have to do with my business and my growth. If you do three things a day for a month, how quick are you going to get traction on that? And so even when I was still a teacher and I was doing my VA course and I was setting up my VA stuff, if all I did was watch a VA, VA course video, set up a template and like, make a social media post. I mean, like those are three things that were moving the needle forward for me. But if I would have waited until the, the mistake I see a lot of people do is wait until the school year is over, wait until their life calms down, wait until their kids are it never way. does. And no, it's never going to calm down. It's never going to get less busy and it's never going to get less scary. It's never going to get less scary. It's going to be so terrifying. But it's that's why I think this podcast and and other content and other people that are talking about this is so important because if somebody else has done it, then you can do it if it's something you really want to do. But how long are you going to wait and ask, like, and tell yourself, like, I really want to leave teaching, but I can't, because that's just a limiting belief that you're sticking to. If you stick to it, like, it's not going to get easier five years down the road when you're close to retirement. And and so, I mean, I think that it's always going to be hard, but if you can just focus on those three <laughs> three things, like next few things to, to take direction, and it might not even look the way that you thought it was going to look. Like for me, I thought I was going to be virtual assistant. Now I'm a social media manager. I thought I was going to get this dream job. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad I didn't <laughs> because I wouldn't be clocking in every day and going to that job. And so I, I think being flexible with like how that might look for you, but always taking action and like moving forward in that, and not getting like analysis paralysis with that, is is really important.
0: I agree with you so much. I think taking those forward steps is so crucial and you can dream about it all you want, but if you don't take those steps, you're just, you're going to remain stuck. So yeah. this has been so awesome. You've given my listeners so many amazing nuggets of wisdom. Where can they come and find you connect with you, become your best friend?
1: So I have two social, uh, I have two Instagram accounts. Um, Both. I'm pretty active on. So my first account is Al meets world and there's dots between each of those words. I'm sure they'll be in the show notes, and so, Almeet's World is my account where I kind of talk about teaching and former teacher life. And Almeet Social is my social media management account, so you can actually see a little bit of the behind the scenes of what I do as a social media manager. And if you want to go on Instagram or TikTok, I give you little um, nuggets on how to do that, also. So you can find me on either of those places. I'm also Almeet Social on TikTok. So yeah, that's that's pretty much where you find me. My name is Allison, um, but like my all my handles
0: are Al. Perfect. Well, thank you so much again for coming on with me today. It has been such a pleasure getting to chat with you, everybody listening, make sure you go connect with Allison and just show her some love for coming on with us today. And we will see you next week. Bye y'all. Bye. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Before you go, make sure you take a minute to subscribe to the show Leave a rating and review and check out the show notes for a free gift to help you ditch the classroom. If you loved today's episode, can you help me share the message by taking a screenshot, tagging me on Instagram at Ariana.Vernier and sharing it with your friends so we can help more mamas ditch the classroom and follow their dreams. Until next week, y'all keep following the dreams that were placed in your heart so you too can ditch the classroom.